many blessings. Peace and many blessings. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. And yet, God shows me His love. I thank the leadership of this church, the General Overseer, for this opportunity to share with you today. Shall we pray? Our Father, this gathering is unto you. Your people have gathered to listen to your word and to listen to what you have prepared for them. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let your word go forth and accomplish your purpose for today. We thank you in the name of our Redeemer and your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Today we are sharing on the topic, Being Rich in Good Works. Being Rich in Good Works. That's our topic for the day. And we know from the... Amen. The Word of God repeatedly tells us that the Lord God is good. So that is a character of God. The Lord is good. Psalm 34 verse 8 tells us that come, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so it is an inherent character of God that he is good. And therefore, when we talk about good works, we are talking about intent. We are talking about deeds that show that good character of God that we, are, we have heard in his word. And also that makes people see and experience God's goodness. So we are talking about the things we do the things we think about, the intent we have, that makes the people around us see God's goodness and experience His goodness when we talk about good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, says that God created us for this very purpose of doing good works. It says that for we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So God created us for this very purpose of good works. He, in fact, He recreated us in Christ to show forth these good works. Because in our old life, we couldn't have shown this. But in Christ, that's why it says in Jesus Christ. He created us, recreated us in Christ so that we will walk in these good works. So we are the workmanship of God and God works in us and he expects us to walk in that good work and show it to the people around us. 
show, he, he, he wants us to show that nature and that character that he has, that he imparts to us when we become born again. So when we say good works, exactly what are we referring to? Oftentimes, we seem to think that when we talk about good works, it's just basically acts of generosity and acts of charity. But that's not all that good works is. It is, it includes acts of generosity, acts of just doing good to people. But it is also covering, making people feel a sense of self-worth. So when people are around us, how do they feel around us? Do they feel respected? Do they feel that they are also worthy? They are also people who are worth something. So how we make people feel around us is also good works. And how respected we make people feel. It also includes beyond acts of generosity, beyond acts of charity, and making people feel self-worth and, 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 and feeling respected. It includes acts of compassion and mercy. Compassion and mercy, especially towards people who we do not think deserve that from us. Those whose deeds towards us does not make them deserve that act of compassion, that act of mercy, that act of goodness. That is goodness because none of us deserve anything we are getting from God. Amen. None of us deserve the goodness of God. We do not deserve it and we have just sung the song, but he still overwhelmingly shows us his goodness. And God expects the same character from us. So goodness is different from activity. Being active and doing things, going up and down and doing things, are not equated to good works. So sometimes we equate activity, organizing things, to be good works. Good works impact lives. Good works touch lives. Good works make people better because they have come into contact with it. So when we are defining our good works, let's ask ourselves, is this activity or is this good works? Good works impact others' lives. And we do not deserve the goodness of God. But he shows us goodness. So he's expecting that we will show that same goodness to others as well. So we want to read First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. I believe this is where the topic comes from. We will read it from the Amplified Version. Can we go to the Amplified Version? Verse 17 to 18. He says, as for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud. And when he says rich, it's not talking only about money. It's talking about status. It's talking about people that seem to think they have made it or have arrived at a certain level. And he says that as for the rich in this world, 
charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others. That means looking down on, on others. Nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches. So you see, the first part brings out the issue I talked about, about showing respect to others and making them feel a sense of self-worth. It says that we shouldn't be contemptuous of others, nor set our hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Let's go to verse 18. It says, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal, to be generous of heart, ready to share with others. So this scripture actually gives us a kind of definition of what God is talking about when he talks about good works. So he talks about all the things I've talked about in terms of respecting others, making them feel wanted, making them feel part, including them. And then he talks about liberality, being liberal, giving easily to others, being generous. And that generosity is not just generosity where we give to others, but generosity of heart as well. So, generosity of heart is thinking good of others and thinking that they are worth something, not thinking evil of them. And this is what the Bible is telling us that God wants us to do. So, be ready to do all of this. So, goodness or good works is actually an outward expression of our faith. Our faith is often hidden. It's often personal. It's often between us and God. It's not really seen, but it is our good works. What we do is that is what see, makes people see the faith that is in us. So it is an outward expression of our faith, which is often hidden and which people cannot tell until they see what we do. So, we look then at James chapter 1, verse 14 to 26. And this scripture is long, but we will read it. Because it tells us how good works and faith interrelate. Faith is a product. Good works is a product of, of faith. So, let's look at chapter 2. Verse 14, not chapter 1. And we are reading right down to verse 26, still in the Amplified Version. I would read the Amplified Version. Mm -hmm. So please listen carefully. It says, What is the use, profit, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Are we getting it? He says, what is the use, my brethren, for anyone to profess or to say that they have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Can such faith save his soul? That's the question. If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and well fed, 
without giving him the necessities for the body. What good does that do? So also faith, if it does not have works, that is deeds and action of obedience to back it up, by itself it is destitute. Destitute means it is, it is empty of power. It means it is dead. So that faith that does not produce good works is dead. But someone will say to you then, you say you have faith and I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good work if you can. And I, by good works of obedience, will show you my faith. Let's go on. You believe that God is one. You do very well. You believe that God is one. It's excellent. The demons also believe. And they shudder in terror and horror. Such as to make the man's hair stand on end. So demons also believe that God is one. God is great. God is mighty. And so just believing and nothing showing from it is not enough because demons also believe. They also believe and they tremble. Let's go to the next one. Are you willing to be shown proof? And here I'm not saying it is the scripture. I'm reading the scripture. Are you willing to be shown proof? You foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow. That faith, apart from good works, is inactive and ineffective and worthless. Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified and made acceptable to God by his works when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac? So Abraham believed God. What showed God that he believed him was his willingness to offer Isaac. And so when he did that, God said, now I know. God saw his good works and he was justified. Let's go to them. You see that his faith was cooperating with his works. And his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by good works. And so the scripture was fulfilled. That says that Abraham believed in God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Let's go on. You see that a man is justified before God through what he does. And not alone through faith. So the faith is critical. But the good works that come out, that is born out of the faith, is important. Let's go to the next scripture. So also with Rahab the harlot, was she not shown to be justified, pronounced righteous before God by good deeds, when she took in the scouts and sent them away by a different route. So this is the the the. the final scripture and the one that sums it all. For as the human body, apart from the spirit, is lifeless, so faith apart from its work of obedience is dead. Amen. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. 
So God's word is telling us, much as the scripture makes it clear, that good works without faith in God, that is not valuable before God at all. So there are lots of people who give alms, who do good works, and all of that, and they, they, they all sorts of righteousness. The Bible says that their righteousness is as filthy rats before God. So much as faith, uh, good works without faith is of no value in the sight of God. Faith that does not produce good works or is not rich in good works is also dead. Amen. It's also dead. So, because faith must necessarily produce something. And that product is good works. Amen. And faith that does not produce anything, that devotion that has nothing to show for it, is um, something that is questionable. And so it is a very important topic we are considering today. Faith, good works. And we are talking about being rich in good works. Our faith is the foundation of it. And when that faith is there, it must necessarily bear the fruit of good works. Amen. Faith. So true faith must produce good works. True faith must produce good works. Jesus told the story of um, um, the Good Samaritan. And this story is very revealing. Oftentimes, we focus on the Samaritan and what he did and how he handled things. But today, I want us to focus on the priests and the Levites who passed by. And I want us to look at Luke chapter 10. Verse 30 to 32. We want to focus on these two people. Let's go. So the, we know the story that a man was going down to Jericho. Thieves got hold of him. They stripped him. They beat him. They stole his goods. And they left him half dead. Let's go to 31. He says, by coincidence, a certain priest was going down that road. A priest. So in our day, somebody who is born again, he was going down that road. And when he saw him, if the man was lying here, he passed on this side. If the man was lying on this side of the church, he could see him, he passed on this side, and then he went. He says he passed by the other side. I suspect the priest was busy going to church. He was going to church, probably. He was. He felt he was late. He had to go to church. But Jesus said he saw the man and passed by on the other side. Let's look at the Levites too. This is also another person who is born again, a believer. It says that he also came and asked for him, even though the priest didn't do well. This Levite was, go to King James, and let's see how King James put it. This Levite seems to have lost all the milk of human kindness. He says, and likewise a Levite. And when he was at that place, came and looked on him. As for him, he didn't pass. He actually went there, went to look at him, saw the pain and the anguish he was in, saw his tattered clothes, saw that he was dying, 
saw that he was in difficult situation. And the Bible says, and then he went and passed by the other side. So that Levite is somebody who supposedly is in the house of God, is serving in the house of God. This Levite is probably one of us. One of us saw this person and there, there was no milk of human kindness, no good works coming out of the face that he was professing. He looked at that person, actually went there to go and examine him, see how it was challenging, saw everything that he needed to see, saw that he needed to lend a helping hand, but decided that either he was too busy or he had something better to do and went away. Being rich in good works is our topic. So many of us, I would say, are so busy for God. We are so busy for God that he is unable to trust us to show his goodness to other people. We are so busy. We are so busy with activities. We are so busy doing things for him. But we are unable. He can't send us. He can't trust us to show his goodness to other people. And the Bible says that Jesus came, when he came here, he went about doing good. That was the description that was given to Jesus. He went about doing good. We are too busy for God's goodness to show from us. We are too, too busy doing things for God, serving God. We are too busy. So, we can't say that, as for me, I do good, but people don't see it. It's hidden. I do good, though. I do good. It's hidden. One of the things we were supposed not to show to people or to display is when we are giving our offerings. God didn't want us to do that. He didn't want us to display how much we are giving to other people. But on the contrary, with regards to our goodness, he actually tells us to do it when we do it, not to display it to people, but when we do it, the way we should do it. Men will have no option to, but to see because we will be doing it to men. Offerings are put in an offering bowl. They are given to the house of God. But good works are done to men around us. So there is no way that the people around us will not see. So let's look at First Timothy chapter 5 verse 25. And I want the amplified version. Verse 25. No. 5 verse 25. Uh-huh. So he says, So also good deeds are evident and conspicuous. And even when they are not, they cannot remain hidden. Even when we, we in modesty, we try not to make a show of it, it says that they cannot remain hidden indefinitely. So when we do good works, it will show. That's what God's word is telling us. It will show. It cannot 
remain hidden indefinitely. Even when we, we try in modesty to cover it and try not to show off, he says that they are evident and conspicuous. And when we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it tells us similar thing. Let's look at 5, verse 16. He says that let your light so shine before men, before men, that they may see. King James, go to King James. I like the King James. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men. So it means that our good works which they are seeing, they will see it, they will experience it, and then they will give glory to God. So good works cannot and will not remain hidden. It will show. And the scripture keeps emphasizing that we must do good works. Let's look at Titus chapter 3, Verse 8. Um, yes, King James. So it says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will, that you affirm constantly. That means keep repeating it. Say it, and say it again, and say it again, because it's a faithful saying. Keep saying it. That those who have believed in God must be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So those who have believed in God, they must make sure that they are doing good works because this is good and profitable unto men. Amen. And let's look at Titus 2 verse 7, which is also saying a similar thing. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. So we are supposed to be a pattern. The Amplified Version says a model. A model. So we must be a model of good works. A pattern of good deeds. So that people see us an example of good deeds. That's what the Bible wants us to be. That we should be an example in the household of faith. And outside it indeed of good works. So it means people must learn from our good works. People must learn from our good works. Is anybody learning from me? Is anybody learning from you? As we go about our business. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Amongst the so all that I've said is for the world to see that God is good. But even among believers, the Bible is saying that we should provoke, and provoke means incite, get people such that they cannot help it but do same, unto love and unto good works. We should provoke one another. My good works that I do should provoke you to say, ah, I saw this person doing this, I will do even better, or I'll do that to somebody else. So whatever we do, amongst ourselves, should provoke others to also do same. And that's what the Bible says. Which means that when others see our goodness, our good works, they cannot help but rise up and also be good to others. And it also means 
that amongst us we must encourage people to do good works. Sometimes in the household of faith, when people are doing good to others, sometimes people uh, discourage them from doing good to others because of their experiences. So they may say, it means you are going to do good to somebody and then some others are saying, when we say such things, when we do so, we discourage others instead of provoking them onto good works. Let's allow people to be good. They want to do good works. Let's encourage them. Let's let them do the good works that they And indeed, follow their example. Let's not discourage others from being good to others in the household of faith. Because that is why we are together here. And that is why we are called the family of God. So let's rather provoke people to be good to other people. There are several benefits that we, we will have when we are rich in good works. And I will talk about five of them. Five of the benefits that we will experience together and as individual. We have seen in, let's look at First Peter 2 verse 12, the amplified version. First Peter 2 12. It says that conduct yourselves properly, honorably among the Gentiles. These are unbelievers. So that when they may slander you as evil doing, yet they may by witnessing your good deeds come to glorify God in the day of inspection. So even though they may be slandering you, and slander is people saying things that are not true, but they are saying it. So if they, even though they may slander us as evildoers just because of their faith, it says that by the good deeds that they witness, they may come to glorify God. So our good works actually bring glory to God. We've already seen Matthew 5, verse 16, which says that, let your light so shine before men. So our good works actually send glory to God. And beyond that, it draws men into the kingdom. It draws and attracts men to God. So the people who are outside the faith, they are drawn and attracted to God when we do the good works. And they are attracted into the fellowship also. We don't have to chase them. We will not need to run after people. They are just attracted. And we saw that in Matthew chapter 2, verse 42, when the disciples did good to each other, the Bible says people were added daily, daily. So our good deeds will attract men into the fellowship of Christ. We won't need to force them. There are some people that we will never, we may never reach them by just preaching. We can preach from morning to 
evening, their ears may be closed to the word of God that we are preaching. But some of those people, just our good work, will unplug those ears and the word of God will go in. Just by showing good works to them. As they see the good works, they will glorify our God. And in glorifying our God, they will be attracted to him and it will unplug the deaf ears and they will hear the message that we are preaching. Amen. So our good works will draw them to God and make their ears open to the word of God. The second um, benefit of being rich in good works is that the needs of the brethren are met right from amongst us. Amongst us, we meet our needs. So people's needs are met right here in the body of Christ. And that also preserves the faith of those who are weak. There are some people whose faith is weak or who are going through challenging times. And in going through the challenging times, they are thinking is that, let me go and look here and see if I'll get help. Let me go and look there and see if I'll get help. They haven't learned to look unto God. They have learned from what they know because they are probably um, young people, or even if they are mature people, they are tempted to go and look somewhere for help. And as they go and look at that somewhere, that somewhere is a fishing bait that has a bait at the end. So as they take that thing, it draws them out of the faith and outside of the kingdom of God. And so if we, we are rich in good work and we meet our needs amongst ourselves, people are not tempted to go and look outside because their needs are met and they are complete here. And therefore, they will not be looking outside and be attracted to something that will take them away and we won't see them again. And so, it's the needs of the brethren are met from being rich in good works. The third thing is that when we are rich in good works, in our day of need, our good works will speak for us. Amen. Our good works will speak for us. Let's look at Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 41. He says that now there was a Joppa, a disciple named Tabitha. Put it in King James. I'm, I'm fine with King James. Tabitha, which is by interpretation, is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and outdid which she did. This Tabitha or Dorcas. She was full of good works. Let's go to it. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. So she was sick and she actually died. And whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. Let's go on. And for as much as Lida was very near to Joppa, and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent to him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. A doctor was lying there. She was dead. They had washed her and they had put her there. And all the widows stood by him, by Peter, weeping and showing Peter the coat 
that Dorcas had made, the dresses she had made for them, the good things she had done. They were showing Peter and they were telling Peter, please, go and wake her up for us. Please go and pray for her and let her get up. Her good works were speaking for her. And Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Amen. Her good works spoke for her. So in our day of need, our good works will speak for us. That's the um, third thing. So I've talked about the fact that our good works will draw men unto Christ, will draw men to God, will make them glorify God. I've spoken about the fact that the needs of the brethren will be met if we are rich in good works. And the third point is that in our day of need, our good works will speak for us. Then the fourth benefit of being rich in good works is that as we do good works, others will learn from us and will also be good to others. So we will serve as a model, a pattern that others around will follow and then they will also learn to be good to others. Then the fifth one is in First Timothy, Timothy chapter six, verse nineteen. First Timothy chapter six, verse nineteen. So it talks about good works in the earlier verse. Let's go up to verse uh-huh. that they do good. The scripture we were looking at that they do good, that they be rich in good works and ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Go down. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come and that they may lay hold on eternal life. So when we are rich in good works, we actually store up treasures in heaven. As we do the good works, we store up treasures in heaven. And it has implications for our eternal life. If you remember from the scripture. When the judgment day had come, the Bible records that the Lord said to some people on his right and some people on his left, he said, you, um, um, go to my right. When I was sick, you visited me. When, when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you cared for me. He told them many good things that they had done. And because you, and they said, when did we do it? He said, you did it for others, and therefore, you did it for me. Go to my right and enter my kingdom. Then he told the left people, when I was sick, you didn't visit me. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. When I needed help, you didn't come to my aid. And they said, hey, when did we see you? If we had seen you, we would have done it. When did we see you? He said, you didn't do it for other people. Therefore, go to my left and on to the, 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 the damnation and into hell. And so when we do the good work, the Bible says we lay hold on eternal life. It has implications for our entering heaven. And we shouldn't joke with it because it is the product, the expression of our faith. And if we say we have faith and then there's no good work coming out of our faith, we need to look again and look again and, and, and look into ourselves and see how to get things sorted out. So we lay for ourselves treasures for eternity. 
when Jesus called his disciples, the Bible says that he called them that they might be with him and then that he might send them forth. So just being with Jesus alone and not being willing to be sent forth to do anything is not enough. That we may be with him, having been with him, he can send us to do the good works that he was doing when he was on this earth. But if we say that we ask for me, I just want to be with Jesus. I don't want to be sent. I'm just there. Are you really? Are we really with Jesus? Are we really with him? Are we really spending the time that we say we are spending with him? Because if we are, we'll be willing to be sent forth and we will go forth and do the good deeds that he's doing. So there are many of us that God is unable to send. We have come to him, but he's unable to send us to go and do anything on his behalf because we are simply not willing to do any good work. But the, uh, our topic today is being rich in good works. How we can be rich in good works. So, finally, may the Lord stir our hearts so that after we have been with Him and after we have spent time in His presence, we will be sendable and He can also send us out to do the good works that Jesus was doing when he was on this earth. To be good to others such that there will be those who need to come into the kingdom just by those good works will be drawn into the kingdom. To be good to others such that brethren who are in the faith, their needs are met and they are not tempted to go astray, go and look outside the body and get lost and we lose them. We are good to others, such that when we do that, then people can learn from us that this is the pattern, or this is the example, or this is the model that God will have us do. And God will be glorified because in our lives, as people see that light shine, they will give glory to him because they can see his character in our lives. They can see what we are doing. They can see that this is indeed coming from God. As I said, we don't deserve God's goodness. None of us deserve it. And if we are going to look at those who deserve our good works and do that, it will not work. Then we are not showing the character of God. None of us deserve it, but God has been good to us. And God expects us to walk in that same direction and be good to others. Shall we rise in prayer? We want to come before God. We have heard his word. We want to consider our lives. We want to consider what we say we are doing for God. Are we rich in activity? Or we are rich in good works. Good works impacts life. Good works draws men. Good works changes lives. Good works solves problems in the lives of people and keeps them close to the master. Let's think through our lives.
each one of us. Let's individually think through our lives. Are we rich in activity or we are rich in good works? Are we or have we behaved like the priest or the Levite, so busy, so busy with the things of God that we have lost all the milk of human kindness? We have lost compassion. We have lost mercy. We have become rigid. Have we lost the milk of human kindness? Let's think about the priests. Let's think about the Levites. We don't want to be like them. Have we become unsendable that Jesus cannot send us? We say we have been with him. But he cannot send us. When he sends us, we don't hear. We don't want to go. We are there. And we say we are with him. Let's just come before God. And let's speak to God. He expects us to be like him. Our Father, we come before you. Shall we speak to God? Speak to God. We come before you. We have heard your word. We have heard all that you have said to us many times, oh God. We have so been so busy about what we call your business that we have lost all the milk of human kindness. We have lost compassion. We have lost mercy. We have lost charity in our bid to do things for you. We have lost sight of what is really your business. We have lost sight of what is the centerpiece of your business or what you would have us do. People, we have been so busy organizing things, doing things that we have lost what is most important. We come before you today as we've heard your word, O oh God. We do not want to be like the Levites. We do not want to be like the priests. Forgive us for when we have left people half dead and passed by the other side and gone and gone and left them half dead left them wounded left them by the side of the road in our busyness forgive us for being rich in activity and not in good works show us your pattern of good works oh God Show us. Show us your way, O God. Show us your way, even as individuals. Show us your way as a body. And cause us to bring glory to your name as we walk in the good works that you ordained for us to walk in from the beginning of time. For we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which you ordained that we should walk in it. 
Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, caused us to remember that you went about doing good. Caused us to know what doing good means. And to be able to decipher and pick that which is needful. Lord. 